and UFC Matters show a week for free. But if you want to help support NUFC Matters, then there are a few ways of doing it. Hit the like button on each live broadcast and video. This helps the channel grow. Hit the subscribe button and select the all notifications bell so you don't miss a single show. If you want to help us financially, then you can join the channel using this button with the membership starting at $1.99 a month. Or you can drop us a donation in the chat using a super sticker. We're also looking for sponsors. If you'd like your brand advertised on the flies for the show and featured during the ad break, then email john at nufcmatters.com to arrange today. Early start on NUFC Matters today. Uh, it is Super Mac and Gibbo uh, joining me on Thursday, as always. Good morning, lads. Morning, Good morning Steve. Guys. Good morning, John. Good, Good morning, to see man. you. Good to see you. And as always, uh, in a quiet week about Newcastle United, uh, there's still plenty to talk about. Um, and, and, and John, I'll start with you because it revolves around transfers. Um, you know, the, the ins and outs at Newcastle. Uh, Darren Eels, of course, last time we were on, had come out and uh, given this message of FFP and Newcastle, uh, you know, may have to sell to, to buy moving forward. Um, and then it just started a merry-go-round of rumours. Uh, some a little bit more substantiated than others. Uh, Bayern Munich, of course, uh, bid once, twice, three times your lady to try and get uh, Kieran Trippier to the uh, to the Bundesliga, but it seems as if that's now not going to happen. Uh, Miggy Almiron linked with Al Habab in Saudi Arabia, um, Newcastle, um, you know, open open to talks, I guess, on on that if they could get the money that they they, they quoted, which was in excess of twenty nine million pound. Um, Jamal Lascelles linked with a move to Beskidas and and uh, you know a chance to go and uh, finish his career, I guess, in in Turkey and. In, in a bit of heat, and uh, that that seems to have died a death. And Callum Wilson linked with uh, moves to two Italian clubs, Athletic, uh, well, one Spanish club, sorry, Atletico Madrid, and one Italian club, Milan, AC Milan. Uh, Chelsea now uh, supposedly interested in in taking Wilson uh, off our hands. So lots of uh, lots of conversation, uh, no action as yet, other than Manquillo rejoining Rafa Benitez at Celta Vigo. And uh, talk of a, a prominent youngster uh, from Manchester City, young uh, Alpi Harrison, coming to St mm. James's Park. But other than that, John, and uh, nothing doing on the big names, it would seem. But still, a week to go. Yeah, yeah, it's been a, a fascinating week, hasn't it? Much ado about nothing at the end of the day, probably. And because, I mean, yes, let's be truthful. These things were happening. I mean, they're not uh, speculation approaches were made to Newcastle United. Newcastle United had let the um, cat out the bag by saying they might have to sell to be able to buy. Then everybody, all the troops in, in Europe just got on their charges and set off for Newcastle. And I said yesterday, and I stick by it now, I believe none of the deals will happen before the transfer deadline, simply because Newcastle haven't in the main wanted them to happen. Uh, Bayern Munich is dead now. They're, they're looking elsewhere. They've they've gone from trying to get them on loan to a twelve million pound bid. And in fairness, for a thirty-three year old, they're not going to make much more than a twelve million pound bid, are they? Uh, because you know it, it's it's a decent amount of money for somebody of that age. So it, it ain't going to happen. Um, I mean, I said yesterday, I think they'll all stay, and uh, I think. They will. Um, to be truthful, you know, if it had been in the summer, 
I would have done any of the deals for the three big names. I would let Trippier go because we've got to live for Manco. Mm -hmm. I would let yeah. uh, Wilson go because he's injury prone and he ain't. I mean, he's injured at the moment, for goodness sake. He ain't going to be available long enough and often enough, and he isn't. And I would let Almiran go because he tends to flatter to receive. He runs like Houston Bolton plays football at times like Houston Bolton. Um, and yeah. so, you know, it's, it's, and by the way, both are the wrong side, of, all three are the wrong side of 30. It's 30 year old for Almiran, 31 for Wilson, 33 for Trippier. Why I perhaps am relieved that they've been turned down now is because it's so late in the winter. I would have still done one of those deals as long as I had somebody sitting in uh, the departure lounge in an air airport somewhere ready to come in. In other words, we spend the money. But to have sold one of them now and not bought, and by the way, if the one that went was Trippier, which is the one that we really was the biggest one on then we didn't want to buy a right back because we've got one we wanted to buy say a midfield number six with the money but unless we were going to have a body sitting waiting to come in and who knows perhaps we did uh, we don't know but without a body to come in it's bad business with a body to come in it's good business and i would certainly sell the three of them either of the either one of the three in the summer although i'm not suggesting for one minute i mean Bayern munich won't be back for trippier in the summer and um, the two deals with for wilson didn't make sense to me from newcastle's point of view because they were both on loan there's nothing in it for newcastle it leaves them just with isaac unless the buyer center board and he's on loan so they're not getting a big dollop of money in they're getting a, a, somebody off the wage bill but leaving them with no center forward outside of isaac so it didn't make much uh, much sense and Almiran is very reluctant to go to Saudi. Very, very reluctant to go. If it's up to him, he wants to stay. The other two would have been open to the transfer had Newcastle wanted it. Um, but Almiran doesn't want to go. Right. John, yeah. uh, great, great points. Go on, Malcolm. Give us, give us your views on, on what you've heard this week. Well, certainly I agree with John. Um, that, that there is no point in doing loan business at all, particularly loaning players out. Newcastle is short on numbers anyway. So so what on earth is the point? And, uh, uh, and so I, th I think they're right to, to have said no. I would have considered um, Bayern Munich's offer for, um, for Trippier if, if Newcastle could come out with a with a fair amount of money that would have allowed them to uh, to then go into the marketplace and buy what is actually required. Because as John said, Liveramento can step into that right-back position. He's um, hugely impressed me. I think he's impressed most people um, with um, in the few games that he's played so far. Um, I, I, because he was ill, he missed the um, game completely, didn't he? The last, the last, the last game with Man City, he was ill, Malcolm, but he's back yeah. training now. Yeah, he's he's recovered. Good. Well, I'm delighted to hear that. Um, and uh, it, it, it's amazing just how little business has been done um, in in this uh, January window, and that tells me that everybody is absolutely frightened stiff um, of the uh, of the Everton punishment um, something like that coming their way uh, and and of course there's the Man City um, case that's that uh, um, that's that, that's under test at the moment um, 115 charges I hear talk of um, of them being if they're found guilty on the majority of them that uh, they'll get relegated to the channel. I mean, there's also, there's also Malcolm Everton again in Nottingham Forest, isn't oh, it? Oh, yes, that's right. Yeah. Um, I think Nottingham Forest, have, they've got a case, a, a, a strong defence. Um, but it, it's going to be interesting because it's more down to dates than anything else. So uh, it's, how uh, you, it's how you juggle um, trying to put 
a buy into next year's annual accounts, which Newcastle have been trying to do with Lewis Hall. Take him on yes. loan, buy him in the summer. He's in next year's accounts, not this year's accounts. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, so, uh, it, it, it's a it's a new way of doing business, isn't it, for football yeah, clubs? Yeah, it's a, uh, unless you're Chelsea. Then you just get a huge scattergun, go out in the market and blow everybody up. And just like confetti in wherever a player lands, you sign them. Well, when you think the Newcastles, I think they've been valued at 350 million. Um, and and yet Chelsea are valued at six billion. How on earth can they come up with such a valuation? Six billion pounds. That means that their spending power is what, John, about 20 times greater than Newcastle's. It's it, it's sheer nonsense. I'm you glad, know, by the way, even though they, they're doing what they're doing, I'm off glad we didn't get their American as owners because <laughs> he's a crack, he's a crackerjack. Him. It, it, he is rather, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it seems that he just doesn't understand um, any values whatsoever. The, the, uh, the buying the policy the game of football. If we've been cautious, if we've been cautious in the transfer market to stay on the right side of FFB, the transfer policy of Chelsea and the Greek guy at Forest has been quite incredible. Mm. Just going by absolutely anybody that moves will have him it's like you know that thing that was on telly and um, telly where you go around with a trolley in a supermarket supermarket <laughs> and you just throw everything in the basket as you're going around well forest and chelsea have been running around with that basket around football for the last couple of uh transfer windows haven't they right so new program super sub sweep Yes, <laughs> I say that quickly. <laughs> uh, we've we've cheered somebody up anyway, lads. Uh, Tim Gill says, "Good morning from Germany. What a treat! Super Matt and Gibble live in my coffee break. Thank you, mate. Uh, thanks." Oh, for well that. done, Tim. Thank you. Yeah, but That's you won't good. be welcoming Trippier. No, it doesn't sound like it. Kenya Mag says, "Good morning, lads. I've got a question for Malcolm. What was the reason he stopped taking penalties at Newcastle?" He says, I'm sure he could have won more golden boots if he'd continued taking them. Did you stop taking penalties, Mal? Well, no, not my choice. You know, the, the, I was quite happy to take penalties from the moment I arrived, and, uh, and that's what happened. But then Terry McDermott came in, um, and uh, I had missed one, um, and, uh, and I think it was Keith Birkinshaw who, who said uh, that Terry was to was to take over on that and so i said and uh do i get the the job back when he misses and he <laughs> did miss and I, and I never did get the job back <laughs> there you go yeah. good good stuff good story jason foster says i'm at the point where i'm reluctant to read the junk in the press about comings and goings of our players it's a load of toxic nonsense it's hard to believe a thing that is written rule on february um, well, it's it's all the guesswork, isn't it, that's being done by by um, by journalists and uh, um, people on the internet. Uh, it's and it, it's always the same, really, um, because Newcastle they keep everything so close to their chest that uh, very very little actual news gets out. But there's still all the same number of column inches to be filled in newspapers um, on television and um, and on the internet and so always... yeah and then and they start they have to take guesses at, at what what might possibly be happening I th uh, what, I, what i've found interesting with geordie's malcolm is that geordie's have always loved transfer speculation yes but that is that is when it's coming in who are we going to buy they don't yeah. like the speculation when it's going out. Are you going to get rid of Waddle, Beardsley and Gascoigne? Are you going to get rid of Super Mac and Hebby? Are you going to get rid of Bruno <laughs> and Isaac? They don't, we don't like that sort of speculation, but we're like, are we buying a wonderful number nine? Are we buying yes. a top midfielder? Etc. Etc. We love stories about good players coming in. We hate stories about our good players going out. Going and that's out. Absolutely. That's John, the um, and I'm just think back to to what I always um, look on as one of the most disastrous periods in the history of Newcastle, um, when um, 
you talk of of of, of good players coming in, but but Gascoigne and Model was sold all in a in a few short weeks, and 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 in a period of about a year and a half, Gascoigne, Waddle and Beardsley yeah. all went, all Geordies, and at the end of it, we were relegated. Now, I was absolutely, oh. uh, uh, you know, uh, apart from being furious, I think I could see it coming. I think oh. a blind man could have seen that coming, you know, and I've always said, if you can't hold on to budding Geordies, then you've got no sure. chance. Sure, and who, who would you who, who would you point the finger at? For well, well, the board took the money, and I mean, the board took the money, and what happened? McKeague was you chairman at the time, time, was he not? Sorry, was McKeague chairman at the time? I'm not certain if it was Bill, Lord Bill. And um, what what happened? I mean, there was different managers sold them, so it wasn't obviously down to the manager. I mean. Uh, Jack Charlton sold the first one, Willie McFall sold after that, etc. But the thing was taken out of their hands by the board. Saying, yes. Uh, and in fairness, after the first guy went, the other two guys looked at it and said, how ambitious are Newcastle? They're not ambitious, yeah. so therefore we're quite happy to go. If Newcastle aren't going to be ambitious, we'll go. Because right. Who was the first to go of the three? The first to go was Waddle... Uh, then right. it was Beardsley, and then it was Gascoigne. Oh, really? Because if I were, if I were either Beardsley or or, or Gascoigne, that if so, the first one goes. Waddle, you said, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So the first one goes, and you think, what am I doing here? Oh yes. Why? Why am I here? Because it, it's obvious that we are not looking to be a successful club. We yeah. just want to put money in the bank. And 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 in that case, when you consider that Liverpool were in for Beardsley, who was next up, and Liverpool almost guaranteed uh, trophies in those mm -hmm. days, as as yeah. now. And then Spurs with Terry Venables, Spurs and Manchester mm -hmm. United were in mm -hmm. for Gascoigne. So they've got to go because the signal's been put out there. We are an unambitious club. We aren't going to try to win something. And with the board more than happy to take the money, it happened. And, of course, sure. we didn't and, get the right replacements and we went down. Yeah, and for the rest of the players in the dressing room, how depressing to see your, your star men all being sold off. Oh, oh. dreadful. It must, have, it, it must have been a really flat dressing room to be in. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And our friend Willie McFall was in the middle of that because mm -hmm. he took over. Jack sold uh, Waddle and then Willie took over. Mm -hmm. Okay, a uh, question in from Jimmy Dixon. Malcolm, he says, I've heard Ian St. John tell a story about Bill Shankly came into the away dressing room to have a go at you about something after a defeat at Anfield once. Can you confirm that this is untrue? Is that what that last word says? Lads, we are all gentlemen on this show. No, it's no, it's not. But Bill Shankly, he would go into the away dressing room. But but no, he 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 was always he was always. Polite was Bill Shankly, and in all honesty, uh, in in all my dealings with him um, and my conversations and what have you, he was always very, very respectful. Always, so uh, uh, um, he wouldn't have tolerated um, an uh, an away manager going into the home dressing room uh, and having a go at one of his players, and he certainly wouldn't have done it. But with um, but we used to have some very interesting conversations, very interesting. And I, I can tell you one, um, and, and it showed a, a, another side of, of Bill Shankly. And it was an evening game. And uh, uh, now I've got a feeling that I'm now, who was I playing for? Uh, no, it was it was Newcastle, I'm sure, and we were playing an evening game at Anfield, and um, 
and I was putting an envelope of for tickets to be collected at, at, the, at the ticket office and I was putting them on for my uh, younger brother who was a law student in North London at the time and um, and Bill Shankly came along and he said ah so who are you leaving that for I said oh it's for my younger brother I said uh, he, he, he does enjoy um, getting to away games, traveling around the country. I said, but he's a law student in London. Ah, is he? He said, he'll be arriving in jeans and scruffy shirt then, no doubt. And I said, oh, no doubt. I said, typical student. Uh, he said, uh, give us the envelope. So he's taken the envelope away. Um, and he said, you leave it with me, I'll sort him out. And so uh, my brother arrived and there was an envelope. It was left by Bill Shankly. Um, and it had a director's box ticket in it. And, um, and so he went up to, he went up the stairs. Bill Shankly had kept an eye out for a scruffy lad coming up the stairs to the boardroom or to the director's guest room. Um, and he, and he took the lad into the, uh, the guest room, got him uh, a meal. Uh, made a comment, sort of, oh, I bet you haven't eaten for days, sort of thing, you know, typical student. Um, and uh, and so um, he said, now, he said, uh, he said, how are you getting back home? And my brother said, well, he said, I, I need to get the such and such train from uh, sort of like the five past ten from, from Liverpool down to London. And he said, right, he said, you're very, very tight very tight indeed he said so when we get near to the end of the game he said do exactly as you're told he said and we'll get you on that train so um so a steward uh, came up about seven or eight minutes from the end of the game and and leaned forward and said mr mcdonald um would you come with me please we need to get you to the station and so, and this is all arranged by Bill Shankly. So he's followed the steward from the director's box downstairs, out of the, uh, the, the, the director's entrance door, and there is a police car waiting for him. So he, he's been shown into the back of the police car, and the police car has done full, all the bells and lights. And... Um, uh, and, and has actually used an underground, you know, because there's, there's, there's a lot of underground routes um, um, uh, uh, um, in, in a lot of cities, and Liverpool has one. And the, and the police car actually came up on the platform um, uh, and, uh, and there he was. He got into the train, it left about a minute later. And that was all organised by Bill Shankly um, you know, who you would have thought his mind would have been on the game. But no, absolutely wonderful man. I, I, uh, but uh, don't, I, I think it, he was a man never to be crossed. Uh, he oh. had his own individual way and his own thinking about everything. Um, and uh, yeah, don't cross him. The, interest, the interesting thing, I think, about Shanks, which he obviously done, he was one of the great, great characters of the game, like Cluffy, etc., etc., and very successful. I mean, when he was playing certain teams and good teams, used to stand at the This Is Anfield sign, which is above yes. the tunnel, and as the visiting team was walking out in the, in the line, he used to tap on the this is Anfield sign and say you can win but you cannot hide you can win but you cannot hide and he's putting the this is the Anfield sign and by the way he was absolutely right you couldn't hide when you got out against uh, Shankly's um, Liverpool side and the interesting thing you know is great goodbye to football his great goodbye to football retirement was the uh, 74 cup final against us yes because yes, that was, was his last yeah. game in charge of liverpool yeah, yeah. that summer and he he took us up well and truly at wembley and um if you remember and malcolm of course would 
there was a live television debate i think it was the night before the game live on a split screen like this with joe on one side and shanks on the other side and uh, i think shanks was like the the snake that comes out of the basket you know i think <laughs> joe was transfixed uh, by him and I, I watched that interview and i felt i said to myself oh we've lost <laughs> and then i got the team sheet and when i got the team sheet i yeah. knew we'd lost yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but there we go that that was shanks goodbye to football and here's the last bit if trivia and we're on trivia today and why not who was shank bill shankley bought a player in the day that player arrived at anfield having signed for liverpool he resigned and so the the player that was actually bought by shankley never played one day for shankley at liverpool shankley resigned the day that player arrived at anfield on the station platform line street and that player was a jody ray kennedy ray kennedy really yeah, yeah the day ray kennedy signed from arsenal, from arsenal. yeah from arsenal, um, the day he signed and he traveled up to anfield got off the plane went to anfield and said here i am and they said great by the way don't take it personal that Shanks isn't here to see you. He's just resigned. And, well, and so he played for, he played for Bob Paisley, of course. Yes, yeah. Well done, never. Um yeah, well that, that, that's amazing because um uh, of course Bob Paisley uh, um he didn't play Kennedy for 18 months. And not regularly and at the time he turned him into a midfield player. Yeah, he did. He did. He was a centre forward who scored a pie. The difference was he was a centre forward that act. And the same thing happened to Joe Linton. He arrived at one club as a centre forward and ended up as a midfield player. Yes. The difference between Joe Linton and Ray Kendi was that Ray Kendi had scored a pile of goals as a centre forward at mm. Arsenal when they did the League and Cup double, whereas Big Joe wasn't scoring a pile of goals for Newcastle yeah. at centre forward. Ian John Ramford. Yes, but that's right. But both yeah. were were centre forwards who were converted into mm. into midfielders who were good enough yeah. to uh, win international caps. All Kennedy's international caps for England came as a midfielder, yes. and and of course Joe Linton's caps for Brazil has come as a midfielder. Mm. But there we are. Enough of the old trivia. We're going down a history <laughs> lesson here. Can it be a bit of trivia, lads? Can it be a bit of trivia? Uh, we're halfway through the show. Time for the ads. A big thanks to all our sponsors, Skips and Bins, telephone 0800 2545 email inquiries at skipsandbins.com, website skipsandbins.com, easy contract free and pay-as-you-go waste collection. Thanks again to Mr. Vicky Sources, handmade in Cumbria. If you'd like to order some, then give them a call on 01768 210102. Go to their website, mrvickies.co.uk. Or drop them an email, info at mrvickies.co.uk. A big thanks to United Group Travel. They're a family firm based in Morpeth with pickups throughout the Northeast. No strangers on our tours, just people you haven't met yet. They've got a presence on Facebook and a website, unitedgrouptravel.com. If you want to make a booking, give them a call on 01670 632 460 or mobiles 0791. Triple six four one seven four oh seven nine five seven one four one six five four. Thanks to Darren Baldwin Funerals, independent funeral directors. Let us look after you in your time of need. They're based on Old Durham Road in Gateshead, and you can contact them at their website, darrenbaldwinfunerals.co.uk. Email darren at darrenbaldwinfunerals.co.uk. Or give them a call, 0191-478-2730. A big thanks to Media Arts for all the help with the technical side of things. And a big thanks to New Workwear. You can find them at newworkwear.com. If you want to help the channel, hit the thumb up to subscribe. Hit the subscribe button and share to your other social media. You can also pay a one-off fee of £25 to get a scarf, a cup, a pen and a membership card.
Go to the website, nufcmatters.com, and click membership. Or put your smartphone over this QR code. We also support the food bank on this channel. If you want to make some donations virtually, go to nufcfansfoodbank.co.uk and make a donation today. We're also a podcast on Spotify, iTunes, and other podcast providers. Just search NUFC Matters. I'm also a part of the Northeast Footy Brecky Show. You can listen to that Monday to Friday, 7 or 9, at thetooneuk.com. Okay, welcome back to NUFC Matters with Super Mac and Gibbo uh, every Thursday. I just want to give a shout out to uh, the guys in Dundee uh, who are putting on their very first event with uh, Nobby Solano. Uh, I'll be up there hosting it. Um, it is uh, next month. Uh, tickets are available on 0759 639 3387. Live music, two course dinner included, auction and raffles. Tickets £35 for standard. VIP, which I think is almost sold out, is uh, £55. Uh, but that's for the Newcastle United Scottish Supporters uh, Association. So looking forward to going up and doing that and seeing a few Scottish brothers and sisters. Should be a, a really good night. Okay, getting back to your comments. And uh, Tom Dixon, thanks for this. Um, I did see this earlier. Uh, Newcastle has 17th highest revenue generating club in world football. Uh, 7th in the Premier League. Uh, and the club revenue is expected to increase further by 2025 with seller Adidas and this season's Champions League revenue. So, John, you, John, Malcolm, you would expect really Newcastle next year or in the summer, perhaps, will have will have a, a decent Arsenal to spend, a, a decent war chest, as Alan Oliver used to describe it, John. Yes, you did. Yes, I war chest W O R. But uh, yeah, of course, it's going to be significant, uh, significantly increased, and that's going to happen uh, year by year, year on year. But there's some ground to be made up on on the money. I mean, I think the the bottom of the top six is is. Uh, Spurs who are way ahead of us, and if we're ever going to get like Manchester City, that's going to that's going to take some time, obviously. But we were we're catching up at a rapid rate of knots. But you just can't jump from bottom of the pile to the top of the pile. You can a little bit in the league. We did it that to a certain extent last season from a relegation fight to fourth. But you can't you can't climb as quickly on the finances. And uh, but we're heading in the right direction. It's a good way to not, so that's good news. Yeah, because yeah. it, it, it was left in a bit of a state by uh, Mike Ashley, oh. as much that. Oh dear um, me! Uh, you, you, can't, it, it you can't overcome that quickly, Malcolm. No, no, and he limited the income by what he did um, for the club, which has held them back over the last two or three years. So, uh, uh, hopefully, now that. Uh, um, all the ties have, have, have been cut and uh, and Newcastle can start to fly a little. And yeah. uh, the, so the finances, really, they, they should seriously jump, John, I would have thought, over the next oh, yes, 12 to yes. 24 months. There's, yeah. there's no question. There's no question. And I think now, and quite rightly, Newcastle are looking and seeing what they can get sponsorship deals for all over the place. I mean, yes. I think the tea lady will be sponsored. The uh, <laughs> the cup that I get me half time drinking will be sponsored, and uh, <laughs> they're trying to to raise money all over the shop because um, while they're wanting to maximise our income as quickly as possible, the one thing they don't want to do, which would bring in an awful lot of money, but they're respectful of of us fans. They don't want to rename the ground from St. James's Park because they realise that that's been there for 130 years and fans don't want that to change. They might try to tag on a little rider on the end of it, like St. James's Park, dot, 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 helped by, sponsored by Joe Bloggs, or they're sticking yeah. something on the end just to, uh, as I say, at the same time doing the teacups and the tea lady. But uh, it will remain St James's Park, I think, which is important. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Yeah, what are the last thoughts on retaining what we have versus bringing players in? I'm happy to just go with what we've got, says Paul. The likes of Barnes, Murphy, Wilson coming back. It'll be like new signings anyway. Yeah, I mean, if we didn't do any business in or out, 
uh, this transfer window. Malcolm, would you be happy? Um, <laughs> well, yes, happy-ish. Um, I, I, I'm always a bit suspicious about the business that's done uh, in the winter window anyway. Um, it, it doesn't give you um, the, the kind of choice that you get in the summer. And so, uh, 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 yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy for Newcastle just to just to get themselves through to the uh, uh, to the summer and, uh, and and look to do business then. Um, and of, and of course, um, uh, hopefully, we're um, we're FA Cup winners by then. That's a, that would be a lovely thought, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, what I'm doing, what I'm doing, of course, because it looks as if that's the way it's going to be, not winning the FA Cup, I mean, not, not doing any business in the transfer market. I'm busy sorting out from my records pictures of Harvey Barnes, Elliot Anderson and Jacob Murphy so I can recognise them yeah. when they actually come on the pitch at St James's Park. Because it's that long since I saw them, I think I can remember what Jackie Milburn looked like more than I can remember what Harvey Barnes looks like. <laughs> John, I, yeah, I understand every word that you've just said, and I, I feel quite the same way. Um, you know, what kind of a player is Barnes, do you remember? We, we haven't seen virtually anything of him whatsoever. And everybody... Everybody keeps falling off the end of the world for the season. You know, first of all, Tonali um, decided that, you know, he was not going to be seen again, much to the dispirited lad books. And then after that, we get Nick Pope. And then after that, we get Joe Linton. I mean, why can't somebody be injured for two games? Well, I, I instead know. Instead of two years. <laughs> yeah, just minor knocks, for heaven's yeah. sake. No, absolutely. absolutely. No such thing in the Newcastle dressing room as a minor knock anymore. It, it, I'm, take, I'm oh, taking... How many months is this one going to be missing for? Well, I'm taking a bet because, you know, I'm talking about will I recognise Harvey Barnes when he comes back. I'm taking bets on what colour will be Joe Linton's hair when he comes back. Because <laughs> will, will it be dyed or will it not be dyed? Uh, because it does change rapidly, bless him, and it looks pretty damn good. But... Uh, I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I might have no hair when he comes back. It's taken that. It's taken that long for some of these lads. Um, I mean, yeah. Nick Pope. Can you remember what Nick looked like? I mean, he just decided to have a rest down, you know, and lean up against the post on the ground, and all of a sudden he was out for nine months with a shoulder injury. It, yes. It's got quite ludicrous, hasn't it? Yeah, hasn't it? Just yeah. Um, uh, worst thing Ashley did was giving several fringe players long contracts on inflated wages. I would a hundred percent agree with that. John's nodding his head as well. Darren mm. says, "Is the are the club trying to force Miggy's hand to leave to cash in on him when the player wants to stay and fight for his place?" Uh, I guess we the only people who know the answer to that are the club and and, and Miggy as well. Um, what's your thoughts on Amanda diluting her shareholding? Any rumours as to why? Uh, John, this was an interesting story that broke uh, this week via company's house, um, which some people sitting watch with regards to Newcastle to get a, to get the story out there. But um, her shareholding's down to 6%, um, basically because she hasn't put any money in in 2023. Obviously withdrawn uh, three separate amounts to, to cover legal fees. Um, we presume, and I say it, uh, it's only a presumption on our behalf, that potentially that could be for legal issues with Mike Ashley, which was mentioned when he left the club, that he wasn't happy about certain things and court court proceedings would take place at some point. But yeah, I mean, 6% now, Amanda Stabley and Mia Dad. Are we seeing maybe a, a gradual withdrawal from their, from their perspective? They don't have the money to compete, of course, with, with PIF. Are we, are we seeing a, a changing on the decks, do you think, slowly but surely? I think you hit the nail on the head without any confirmation anyway, Steve, that this business with Ashley in the financial business, money was required to um, to change that. Her her shares have gone to the Rubens, haven't they? They've gone up from yes. 10 to 14, yeah. while uh, Amanda's gone down from 10 to 6. Uh, it was stressed unofficially by the club that she remains very much the hands-on person with Jamie at headquarters because the uh, the Saudi boys aren't at headquarters, of course. So, the you know, the day-to-day -day running of the club 
uh, Amanda and her husband and Jamie are the people doing that. But, you know, to the ordinary fan, this matters not a job. And, and the way Newcastle's run, it matters not a job. Because 80% trumps everything else. So it doesn't yeah. matter that if Amanda goes down. And the fact that the Rubens have gone up is still not going to make them any more powerful in the St. James's Park boardroom mm -hmm. because Absolutely. 80% runs the show. And so, the, and so the show is very much run by the Saudis. And at the moment, Jamie and Amanda and her husband run it at headquarters. So I think it's very much as you were in terms of the, the club and where it stands. And, it, you know, the future is not affected at all. What's affected is it probably Amanda's a little bit, you know, sad that um, did I because she did all the work in arranging this takeover anyway. A little bit sad that our holdings had to go yeah. down, but you know, sure. Uh, sure. It needs must. Also, also, John, her her husband, I understand, he's being sued back in Saudi Arabia for a, for a figure of, of of somewhere around fifty million pounds. I don't know what that's about. Have you heard anything at all? No, I'm not with you on that one, Morgan. I'm not no, with you. Well, uh, obviously, you know, I've not seen anything about that. You, um, you, you haven't heard anything on that? Is it him or is it not? Is it not Al Ramayan? Is it not the chairman? Oh, it's the chairman. Oh, so yes, the, the chairman's involved oh, in something that could be legal. Yeah. Yes, it's the chairman. Right. Well, hold on, I've just found it here because it's in the Guardian, Malcolm. Um, I do, uh -huh. I, you know, I, I did oh, see it. So it's not Mayor Dad Gadusi. It's Newcastle chairman has faced uh, faces fifty eight million pound lawsuit for carrying out malicious instructions. Uh, yes, right. Al Ramayan accused over work for Saudi Crown Prince. Um, ex exiled former Saudi intelligence chief was targeted. So yeah, it's 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 actually um, Yasser Al Ramayan, not Mia Dagadi. Oh, I yeah. see. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, we got, I've got straight on that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I mean, look, I think David McLeod's right. It does look like share shuffling between her and the Rubin brothers. And I think, yeah, yeah, I think I think Amanda will be sad, but I think it was probably always the plan. She facilitated, of course, the Manchester City deal. Uh, the opposite way around they did the Newcastle deal um and yeah well, I think I, I think they I think they will move on at some point but I think know. the Reuben brothers look on her as a, a as an ideal front person oh yeah I think the club I think the club do yeah but yeah. they've now appointed people in those positions Darren Eels is in there they've got mm. um you know they've got Peter Silverstone in there so they, they've they've now appointed those people which I guess was always a remit to to take you know take them out of the spotlight a, a bit more each each season that that's what's happening Kenya Mags uh taking us back to a history lesson uh what can John and Malcolm remember about the six games with Birmingham in 73-74 season was the final you... was the final game with them the most bad temper John has seen and Malcolm right. played I don't in? think it was six I think it was five all right, okay. But I stand to be corrected. Um, and uh, they were, they, they got more and more and more bad tempered as each game went past. Irving Natris got done nastily um, playing down at, uh, at, at, at the Birmingham ground. And uh, he was out for some while. Um, I got done. And was out. Uh, I, I think I had to go into a plaster cast. Um, and I remember, um, I remember going to the uh, to watch the last of the five games. Um, and and because I had a plaster cast on, there was nowhere in the stand that I could sit. So I went up to the press box, John. Yeah, yeah, which which was up the spiral staircase on the roof. Yes, it was on the roof. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So I went up there to watch the game and I shall never forget because at the at the lunchtime, I, after some treatment in the morning, I had um, then um, I, I, I'd uh, gone with Jimmy Smith to um, to Roy's two rooms and we had a bit of um, a, a sort of light lunch and um, and Jinky, of course, was playing that night um, and he. And the, in the conversation, he, he said that, that he didn't like the tackle on Irving Natris. He said he didn't like the tackle on me and that 
that somebody's going to suffer. And I said, oh, come on, Jimmy, don't get carried away like that. I said, just play the game for heaven's sake. And of course, um, that was the game that he did Tony want. And uh, he's and he, he did Tony want and the crack, it was like a rifle shot around the ground. And he just walked off, Jinky. Just walked off, didn't need to be sent off because he knew that that's what was going to happen. Um, and and, uh, and off he went. And he, he, he broke Tony Want's leg. Um, but I, it I was, think... And he was sort of getting, the, getting back for what had happened to Irving Natris and, and myself. I think what what's happened there, Malcolm, and you know, just trying to remember, the games happened so quickly, mm. which meant bad temper was carried over from one sure. game to the next. It was five games happened. in about in, in two or three weeks. Oh, they happened in such a short space mm. of time that the bad the bad blood overflowed in every game, and it right. was started down at St Andrews, and then. Um, as a result of the way Birmingham approached the games, they were nicknamed, not for the first time, the Brummy Bashers. And yeah. uh, that, was, that was a nickname of the, uh, I don't know what I coined it in, in the paper at the time, but as Malcolm says, and we were sitting up on the in the crow's nest, which was the um, press box at the time, which was on the roof of St. James's, and it, it you could hear one's leg crack when when he was oh, tackled by Jim, it was, it was a rifle crack, wasn't it? Oh. A rifle shot. And I tell you, I tell you what was for the last thing on that crow's nest, which was the uh, press box, which was right on top of the stand, the Milburn stand. In those days, this was before the Bradford fire uh, business and the dreadful, awful tragedy mm. that that was. But that was a wooden stand, Steve. The yeah. the roof was wooden. And the press box was on the top of it, and yep. out of the back of the press box was um, a staircase for as a fire. Stairs. It was a spiral staircase, staircase, John, wasn't the it? The staircase took you down onto the wooden roof of the stand. Now, wow. if there was a fire, you may as well be Guy Fawkes if you're going on the wooden roof of the stand because you're going to be on mm -hmm. top of the fire. Mm -hmm. And I always said, you know, that Newcastle had a great respect for the press because they our our escape during a fire was to go on to beat Guy Fawkes on top of the stand and, and <laughs> with the obvious way that was going to be. But I mean that was safety first in those days, wasn't it? Have a fire yeah. escape that takes you on the top of a wooden stand. Uh, got pl plenty of things coming in. Uh, Sean, good morning. He says, uh, or good afternoon to you. Hi, all watching from Sydney. I've been watching the channel from the beginning. I love Malcolm and John, legends. I love all the programs, Steve. I met George and Steve Hasty at the Fulham game at Christmas. Thanks very much, Sean. Great to know we reach all the way around uh, to the other side of the world. Uh, Tim, uh, I would say no to this, but I'm not sure what the lads' with opinion would be. Should we have offered Lascelles a new contract after what he did for us in Botman's app? absence he's been exemplary in his attitude on and off the field how was treated him badly in my opinion we can't keep a hold of everybody and that's the problem that's <laughs> the problem that that's why we find ourselves in the position we're in eddie howe didn't want to get rid of anybody so because we haven't sold anybody at this moment in time it hasn't balanced the books haven't balanced for ffp mm -hmm. so we can't spend anything in january without selling somebody so i understand yeah. the sentiment i understand the reason that you would suggest that tim but my genuine feeling on this is that is Lascelles going to be improving next year and the year after that? No. You know, no. he's not. No. I, I, and we've given Fabian Share, Malcolm, and we've already given Fabian Share a one-year contract, who's also in his thirties. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. you know, we can't we can't build solid foundations on the over thirties, can we? I mean, the, the the amazing thing, Steve, is that um, you know, Tim was suggesting, and I can see where Tim's coming from, but he was suggesting that uh, Eddie Howe's treat him badly. With yeah. respect, I think it's the exact opposite. Eddie Loyal, Eddie Howe can be accused, if anything, of being too loyal to Too players. loyal. I mean, yeah. when you look at the situation, yeah. Dummett, Gillespie, the goalkeeper, and Richie were all out of contracts. And I mean, none of them or anywhere near the first team, when did Dummett last start a Premier League game? Richie's 33, 34, Gillespie's never started a Premier League game. 
but they got contracts. They got, and I tell you what, Lascelles, you don't want to be offered a contract now. If he wants to stay, as opposed to uh, take up his career, and I've, I often thought that Paul Dummett has wasted the end of his career because he's going to sit three years on the Newcastle bench and then retire and never play again. So he's already been there for a couple yeah. of years playing. If Lascelles wants to stay as opposed to wants to play, the difference, stay and play, if he wants to stay, he'll be kept on because, because um, Eddie will do that. The only thing that'll change that is if, as Steve says, the board go to Eddie and say, look, we have got to cash in. If a bid comes for Lascelles, we'll have to accept it because we've got to move some people out. We know no bids are going to come for Dummett or for Gillespie or for Ritchie at this late stage of the career. No bids that are going to make any difference to Newcastle United because they're going to be under a million, aren't they? Um, but, I mean, Lascelles, because he's been such a loyal servant to Eddie before he came in the team for Botman, stuck round, didn't complain, led from the front, didn't cause trouble, like, say, Fraser. He has been rewarded by getting back in the team and doing well, etc. His future is in his hands. He'll be allowed to stay, as far as Eddie's concerned, or go if he wants to play. The only thing that could disrupt that is the board saying, look, we... But the board will only say you've got to get rid if that person's going to bring some meaningful money in. Sure. Yeah, because you've got to cash in on somebody. And my worry, you know, guys, is that we don't cash in on somebody like Isa, because you don't replace goals on your side. You don't mm -hmm. when you've got a guy that scores goals, and if you have a look at his record, uh, I mean, twenty-four goals and thirty odd games or whatever, his goals per games record is phenomenal, and he looks a real footballer. He looks a Thierry Henry type of, of player, and he's only twenty-four. He's got a huge future in front of him. I don't want us to cash in on him because you know what happens then? Your team doesn't get better. It gets worse because where are you going to get a better centre forward than Isaac unless you get Haaland or something, which yeah. you're not going to get and yeah. it's going to cost you 200 million. Sure. The, mm -hmm. the, one of the beauties about Isaac is that he can play poorly but still score. Correct. And that's the secret, Malcolm, isn't it? Yes, yes, yeah. You're not just scoring when you're playing well. He, yeah. he scores on on that regular basis, whether he's playing well or not, whether he's carrying an injury or not, it doesn't matter. Okay, Newcastle United uh, are in the Supermac Derby uh, this weekend at Craven Cottage in the FA <laughs> Cup, and it's a seven o'clock start. It's live on TV, uh, proper TV. You don't have to pay for it. ITV Four and ITV X. Uh, and just a reminder, uh, because it has been confusing with the change of rules during COVID, if the scores are level after 90 minutes, a replay will be staged. So the mm -hmm. FA list that the yeah. replay will take place on February the 6th, but that isn't fixed and it could be altered, of course, for television purposes. Uh, the fifth round draw, if we are lucky enough to be in it, um, will be on Sunday and that should be part of the uh, fourth round ties that have been televised then. Uh, Fulham this week have had problems selling tickets for this match. Uh, they uh, have put tickets on public sale um, and anyone who needs to, to purchase a ticket would have to create an account on the website. Uh, there has been incidences in the past though where, you know, away fans have bought tickets like this. Uh, Fulham have cancelled the order when they've seen the, the, the postcode. But um, yes. yeah, it's, uh, it's probably not advisable to do that unless you're prepared to sit on your hands. Newcastle were allocated P4 to P7 at the Putney end. Uh, there's no possibility of any extra tickets for there, I'm afraid. Uh, we've already sold out P1 to 3. Team news John, from Eddie Howe. John, do, you, do you remember when you quite simply went and bought a ticket? A ticket. <laughs> the good old days. <laughs> That's a long time ago now, Malcolm, yeah. isn't it? Ah, yeah. the good old days. Uh, and you used to go and watch. You used to go and watch more than one team. I know. I've I've heard those stories. Unbelievable. Team though. Uh, team news. We we don't know yet. Uh, Eddie Howe's press conference, of course, is on a Friday. It's always too early for this show. Uh, we do know Joe Linton's season is is over. 
Um, he has now had surgery on his thigh, which has been successful. Uh, there has been talk of him coming back in May, but the season finishes um, in May. I, I would imagine that's the last we've seen of Joe Linton this season, to be perfectly honest. And Mixed perhaps, perhaps for um, all time. Well, because yeah, we will. Were... That they're, they're a long way apart on um, on a yeah. new contract. Just another story that we're seeing in the papers this week. So let's hope that mm -hmm. one isn't true, and let's hope they can let's hope they can sort that particular situation yeah. out. Murphy, though, Willock, and Barnes are all in different stages of recovery. One would imagine, I would at least think one of those players will be available this weekend. Um, they're all at various stages of returning from injury, though. Uh, Mac Target and Elliot Anderson are also now on the comeback trail. There's no firm date for either of those returning. There was lots of rumours circulating potentially that Anderson's injury had had another setback, but that doesn't seem to be the case. Eddie Howe probably will tell us a bit more in the press conference tomorrow. Callum Wilson is close to a return, not expected to play against Fulham. Uh, he is expected to return against Aston Villa next week. And Joe White is back on Tyneside after his season long, his half-season loan, sorry, accrue Alexandra um, is over. Uh, but he is cup-tied, so won't be in the squad for this particular game. Uh, referee is Jared Gillette, um, which is the second game in charge of a Newcastle fixture. Uh, the first one was the Carabao Cup defeat at Chelsea. And on VAR, uh, which we do have in this game, two Premier League teams clashing, of course, Robert Jones is on VAR. If uh, you're interested in uh, Fulham's team news, um, we don't have any other than Adama, Adama Traore remains unavailable. So uh, there was a couple of questions in the chat, which I, I, I kept to one side. Uh, Lee said, uh, lads, I've just tuned in. Not sure if it's been discussed, but surely the fact Fulham played a full strength 11 last night for the Carabao Cup game for 90 minutes will be an advantage to us and uh, Tom of course want to know what our uh, predictions will be so yeah Malcolm this game um it's it's a it's a make or break for for Newcastle season and Fulham season now with Fulham out of the Carabao Cup so it's a it's a big game but um, do you think last night the fact that they played 90 minutes will 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 have an effect on on this game at the weekend not really no um, at this stage of the season uh, it, it, it won't make any any difference? I don't think. In, in fact, it might uh, uh, um, it might be better for Fulham that they had the game. You know, Newcastle haven't um, haven't played for a fortnight by the time Saturday comes around. So, um, uh, it, you know, most a, a lot of footballers they like to keep constantly ticking over. Um, uh, uh, but um, it this is uh, uh, an. A, a rather interesting game um, and the reason why I say that is that we watched Newcastle absolutely murder Fulham um, or, albeit uh, their, their goal scorer Fulham's goal scorer being sent off um, and quite stupidly so uh, his actions were ridiculous um, in the tackle that he made but uh, but I, I watched that game and I was not impressed by Fulham at all. But subsequently, I saw um, Fulham playing that first leg against Liverpool. I thought they were absolutely brilliant, really brilliant. Um, but um, Liverpool got two late goals, typical Liverpool, to win 2-1. And then, of course, the, uh, um, the second leg last night. Um, and again, Fulham played really, really well. So Newcastle are going to be up against it on Saturday. Um, for sure they are. Uh, and uh, I can see uh, I can see one hell of a 90 minutes happening. And I'm, I'm thoroughly looking forward to it, I have to say. OK, your prediction for this one, Mal? Um I have a feeling that it's that it's going to finish a draw and that we're going to have a replay back at St James Park. And of course, um, with Fulham having got beat last night, um, it, this is the last opportunity for both clubs to keep their season going. And so there's an awful lot riding on it. Uh, I think it will be a draw. I think we're going to see a replay back at St James Park. And I, and, and I shall certainly look forward to witnessing that okay john over to you yeah um very very interesting game uh in lots of ways i think it's a mind game um because newcastle's build up to this match has been muddied 
by all this speculation about uh, whether we're going to lose at least one top player in the transfer market. I don't think we are, but certainly there was a genuine chance with Trippier and with um, uh, with Almiron. I don't think Wilson was ever... His head was turned a little bit, but was ever going to be allowed to go on loan? Certainly not. Um, but it hasn't been the best of build-ups, working on the training ground, etc. With players' heads being turned a little bit, Trippier's a good pro, Wilson's a good pro, Almiron's a good pro. But when you hear big clubs in for you, you know, it turns your head a little bit. And are they have they been focused correctly in the build-up? It has not been the best of build-ups. But I would like to think, because I'm biased, that it hasn't been the best of build-ups for Fulham because they did play last night. But surely they are going to be bitterly disappointed that they were one game off. They should already be at Wembley. In their minds, they had the chance to go to Wembley. They didn't lose at home to, to Liverpool, but they're not at Wembley. And that bitter disappointment, and they've got to pick themselves up within three days and go again and start all over again in the FA Cup mm -hmm. to get to where they were last night. And I'm hoping that that will, you know, the huge disappointment of, of not being at Wembley. That's why they, they couldn't sell the tickets to their own fans. Everybody was buying the ticket for last night because all the Fulham fans thought they're going to Wembley last night. And yeah. are hoping, hoping. And now, you know, we're starting again. This is the beginning of the FA Cup one. We're not at the quarterfinal stage or something. So I'm hoping that that bitter disappointment will eat into the players a little bit, which would be to our advantage. But it's it's who reacts best to adversity? Do Newcastle react better after they, they all this transfer speculation? Or do Fulham act better after being so bitterly disappointed not to make Wembley already and be in the, in the League Cup final? So it's the side that acts best to adversity. Um, forecast, uh, my one genuine thought and I hope to goodness I'm right, is that we will be in the fifth round. But I do think it could take, as Malcolm said, it could take a replay to do it. But I, you know what? I don't care. I just want to be in the fifth round. I don't care if it takes a replay. That's fine by me. We're going to replay the see. Why not? And I think we will be in the next round. I can see us winning on the day because... Well, I have had that rest because the, the, the team virtually picks itself. There's good players in there. And I can see a sneaking it on the day. But I, if I had to give a result on the day, I think I would go for the draw. But the result I want to give is that I believe Newcastle will definitely be in the fifth round. And you know what? That's all that matters. Okay, I'm going to go for a 2 1 win to Newcastle on the day. Um, I think, uh, you know, I think all the controversy that we've seen in the papers will, will G the team up. I think the two week break will have done them a world of good. The fact that they've been away on, um, you know, their the, the own time, uh, have had a time to spend with the family, etc. And I think we'll see a reaction from Newcastle. Um, I think we'll see a big reaction. I think Fulham will be tired. So I'm going to go 2-1. I don't want to replay. Um, it is a hard game, Kenya Mags. Uh, not confident so he would gladly take a replay. But uh, genuinely speaking, um, I think a 2-1 win for Newcastle. Uh, we will find out uh, who was right and who was wrong uh, on that score. Uh, of course, Newcastle, before we meet again, chaps, play Aston Villa um, in the Ooh. Premier League. Now, that is a hard one. Tuesday the 30th, yeah. next week, live on TNT. Uh I know it's difficult, Malcolm, because we've got a game before that. We don't know who's going to be available. Mm. But if you had if you had to pick a scoreline now for, for Aston Villa next Tuesday against Newcastle, what would your Ooh, prediction be? I, I have a bad feeling about this one. Uh, they will want to get their own back for the humiliating start to the season that they had at St. James Park. And if you remember, at uh, Villa Park at the end of last season, they really murdered Newcastle. I think it finished 3-0. Um, but, uh, oh dear, they were all over Newcastle. So I, I, I don't have a good feeling about that particular game. And uh, so uh, mm, I, I think that this is a game where Villa will, uh, will beat Newcastle. Okay, John. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a lot depends on the result of Fulham. If yeah. we're out of the FA Cup, we will be low in the snake's belly going to Aston Villa because, you know, what's left? But, you know, we are all forecasting that we won't be out of the FA Cup because we'll either get a draw or we'll win at the first, at the first goal. That will be a huge help. Like Malcolm, I've got to say that in this particular game, I'm apprehensive. I think we will probably lose. But the points are to come after that because we've got a good, good run after that. And it starts with the second Supermac derby. After we play <laughs> Fulham on Saturday, it's Newcastle yeah. against Luton next week. Now, there's three points that are going to be ours. <laughs> you know. They're going to be ours. You know why? Because I said that down at Kenilworth Road and what happened there. I'm not holding out great hope for Aston Villa. And you know what that means? It's even more important we're still in the cup, guys. It is. Great stuff, lads. Have a great weekend. Gibbo, I will see you tonight. Uh, Malcolm, see you next Thursday. Have a good weekend. Indeed. Yes, have a good night tonight, guys. Thanks, Take man. Care. All the best. Keep the faith, boys. Uh,